I'm Emmy. And I'm Jordan. And this is Death in the Northwest, a podcast where two elementary school teachers talk about gruesome murders and crimes. Specifically in the Northwest quadrant of the United States and sometimes a little bit of Canada. And I know Alaska is part of the United States, but also Alaska. And yes. Yes, that about covers it. doing on this fine friday night Friday evening i'm doing fantastic we just had a little bit of charcuterie yeah we just had a shark coochie board adult lunchable it was really it was pretty good thank you good. for bringing that yeah, i really welcome. appreciate it. we are we're recording today from my house instead of jordan's how has your week been of online teaching it's been going i mean it's as good as sec- teaching second graders mm-hmm. can go that's good yeah I'm we did a cute here. little art project today i saw your instagram photo oh my gosh very they very were cute so they adorable. all drew penguins right no they were, it was an autumn bird it was not a penguin well they looked like penguins <laughs> i thought you were dry- <laughs> <laughs> um was yours it was wild you know yeah. online teaching is a nightmare and but it was good going through a breakup at i the same am going time. through a breakup at the same time but yeah. on that note <laughs> i told jordan that emmy's tonight- letting me go yeah. make her bumble for her and i love playing on bumble it's just my favorite thing to do again alex and i've been in a relationship for three years now but i still just like messing around and see when jordan and i were in school together you would anytime somebody became single you would go on and create i, them I would a create bumble them a account. bumble account so yeah. i have a bumble account that i haven't opened in like two years because i've been in a relationship and so it's really out of date all the pictures of me i like have hair and i'm blonde and now i just have like dirty dishwater beetles like bowl cut so i feel like i need to be honest about the way that i'm looking these days slightly honest but it, it'll go yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be okay it's, be it's okay. a little rough right now but it's gonna mm-hmm. i have faith that you know yeah i won't always look like so a i went through her boy. phone and i found several amazing pictures of her so i think that you need your graduation photo of you getting your master's degree yeah i look really cute in it too you look really cute. and it was just that's how i mean i met that we is met. how we met is during our master's program yeah, our master's program for teaching yep and we just hit it off right off the bat right off the bat we would go we would <laughs> we would go we would put wine in coffee cups and we would do that too <laughs> and drink it during our least favorite classes we would also go like in the morning and not in the morning and right before their evening class the which one was it? And we'd go like throw back a margarita. Oh, yeah. We would go before. Okay. I don't want to say their name, but before yeah. Blisty's class. <laughs> Thomas and Heather and yeah, Annie, you guys, you guys all, are here. You know what I'm talking about. You know about. what we're talking about. We would go. We, we, uh, our, the grad school that we went to is in like downtown Seattle, right in like a very fun neighborhood. So we would go and like throw back margaritas before our really shitty yeah. classes. And then, and then we'd have a grand old together. time. Yeah. Yeah. It was fun. Yeah. That's how I mean, I met. Mm-hmm. So I'm putting the picture of Emmy graduating because that's a big moment and you should celebrate that. And then I'm going to put a cute picture of her with Carl, her her dog, because you have to know ahead of time she has a crazy dog. Okay. Yeah. All right. What are you going to say about me? Okay. So hi, I'm a feminist. I am a feminist. That's an that is I mean, like I am, but that's a that's an aggressive. uh, I mean, we got to let them know right at the bat. All right. That's fair. Let them know I'm not looking for anything serious. (laughs) (laughs) Just looking to be a friend. No, don't say that. That's not true. Okay. (laughs) Friend with benefits. There you go. There we go. So I am a teacher. 
also the host of Death. No, don't say that. <laughs> don't put that on there. We have to wait till we actually are I'm something. On there. Oh my god. <laughs> In the northwest. So COVID nineteen dating. Yeah. Socially distant. Socially distant. Or with a mask or virtual. Socially distant. I'm okay meeting someone, like, if we get a coffee and walk you around. You are not 5'5". Five five. I am 5'5". Five five. Absolutely not. You're Do you want me to get my measuring no, tape I right don't. now? No, I don't. I, I am 5'. You're shorter than me, though, and I am 5'4". I don't think I... I think maybe I'm taller than you, and your personality <laughs> just overpowers me. <laughs> you know what? I'm just going to let that go. Okay. So, so voting? Vote. Vote. Yeah, you're a voter. Yeah, definitely. Um, everyone, please just go vote. It's really Especially important that you Especially if you're young you like us, like, yeah. please vote out these reptilian shitheads. One specifically, but like, vote, the vote, orange out, one. All, all, vote out all the reptilian shitheads. All right. Cool. Done. Cool. Jordan, <gasps> Aaron looks cute. I don't want to. Oh, baby boom. Face. He's a hiker. He looks super cute. Should I message him real quick? See response. Oh you can message anyone you want, just only I have to approve them first. Do you like podcasts? No, Jordan. <laughs> I don't want to talk about <laughs> Are you ready for murder? I am pumped okay. to listen to murder. Jordan, I am going to tell you the story today of the tube sock killings, one of Washington State's most infamous cold cases. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Put mm-hmm. those tube socks on, girl. I think I've heard of this one. It just sounds familiar. But it was a very famous case for a while, mm-hmm. but it has not been in. Uh, it hasn't been in the spotlight for a long time. Yeah. Um, okay, so let me tell you about it. So I'm taking you back to the year 1985. Take me back. Take me back. In 1985, everyone's obsessed with the movie Flashdance. A couple of people have floss- flock of seagulls haircuts. I've never seen Flashdance. Flashdance. <laughs> I was also important swallowing a Red Dawn just came out and everyone's worried okay. the Russians are going to kill them. Okay? Got it. Okay. Edward Smith and Kimberly L- Levine. Um, met while they were both attending the University of Massachusetts at Dartmouth. These two lovebirds fell absolutely head over heels in love for each other. It was very cute. They started dating in the summer Aww. of 1984. After they graduated in 1984, they moved to Kent, Washington. So for those of you who don't know, Kent is a suburb outside of Seattle, um, just south of Seattle. Yes. Yeah. Probably like 35 minutes. Yeah, it's close to where I work. So mm-hmm. it's if it's like you go south and then a tiny bit mm-hmm. east. So it's close to Seattle, um, for those of you who are not Seattleites. So they both worked in Kent. They were accountants. Um, and like I said, they were just absolutely enamored with each other. And pretty quickly after they moved to Kent, they got engaged. Mm-hmm. And their plan was to go back to Massachusetts, where all of their family was, mm-hmm. and get married in the summer of 1985. What a romantic summer. I know. That's really like, cute. Yeah. But guess what? Did they die? Yeah. It didn't happen. Fuck. Um, which is very sad. Um, so they didn't go to have this. They didn't get to have this like sweet little ending to their love story. It ended very abruptly on Saturday, March 9th of 1985. On this morning, the two of them left their homes and they headed for Grant County, which is um, right in between Pierce and Lewis County. So for those of you who don't know, it goes King County, and then you head south, and it goes Pierce County, and then you head south, and it goes Lewis County. So King County is where Seattle is. So you head south. So it's these two counties right below Seattle. 
Um, and it was right in between them in this little town called Mineral, Washington, where they were going to go. And all of this just happens to take place in Mineral, Washington. So this is not that crazy. In Washington, we have some of the most beautiful, like, wooded areas. And I don't know about you, but I have been a young couple who has gone on many, like, weekend trips out yep. to. Yep, I know you are, too. I see your Instagram. I look at it all the time. I am the weekend trip queen. You are. So if you're into hiking or camping or fishing or skiing. Washington's like, the perfect yeah, place to like be. anything like that. It's a beautiful place. And that's, like, why this couple ended up moving here. Yeah. So there's abundance, there's just an abundance of places that these two could have gone. And sadly, on this fateful weekend, they ended up in Grant County, right outside of Lewis and Pierce, near the town of Mineral, Washington, like I said. So I did a lot of research to try and figure out what happened once Kimberly and Edward um, got to their spot and like during those first couple of hours when they were in Grant County. Um, unfortunately I looked at, I looked at five different sources and I did not find anything or any solid evidence that told the story of what actually happened to them during those, those hours before oh their gosh. murder. Yeah. So it's very unknown. It's unknown. Yeah. But what I can tell you is that the next morning on March 10th of 1984, Edward's body was found Ugh. by the one up dam in Eastern Washington which is a ways away. Yeah. Do you know where so that like, is? It's, how did he get there? Yeah, well, who, who freaking <laughs> knows, man? He was in eastern Washington, which was not particularly close to where they well, were planning it, to go. Could he have been, like, dropped in a river or something and then, like, he was found. No, he was found in a rock quarry. Oh. So clearly he hadn't been washed through any river. Like, no, there was no like signs he of had that. He traveled. He had been dropped there. Yeah. He had. This was a secondary location. This was not where he was murdered. Um, his body was found without any sort of form of identification. Um, his hands were bound and his throat had been slashed, which Ugh. ended up being the cause of death. Yeah. So they ended up going to Wanapum, uh Dam in eastern Washington and looking for Kimberly's body because they assumed if he was dead, she was she somewhere. Was, she was around. over there, too. Yeah. Yeah. Why wouldn't you think that? So they looked um, immediately afterwards and they searched the area. But unfortunately, they were unable to find really anything at all. And after this, there was no real movement in the case until two weeks later when the couple's car was found 10 miles away from Edward's body to the west, so mm -hmm. closer to Mineral, Washington. Um, they used the location of the car to start the search for Kimberly, um, assuming, you know, at this point, uh, hoping that she's alive, but assuming yeah. at this point that she's dead. So they searched around there. They used cadaver dogs. And absolutely nothing was found. No sign of her? Nothing. Nothing. Oh. And the only evidence that they were able to take was one single fingerprint that was found in their abandoned car 10 miles from Edward's body. Or was it on like the door handle or like the steering it, wheel? I or believe it was on actually the front dash. So like oh, on, okay. on the dashboard in the front, there was one fingerprint that did not belong to either, either Edward or Kimberly. Yeah. yeah. Um. And it would take five more months before the skeletal remains of Kimberly was found. Oh. But she was eventually. How old were they? Did you say that? Actually, these two, I don't know the ages of all the other people I do. Okay. Um, and all they, the other people in the story? Yes. Because it ends up potentially being important, their ages. Maybe. There's a, oh, there's a, there's a, cons not a conspiracy. There's a theory that theory. Um, potentially the ages are important. Okay. I guess I'll wait. Okay. So after they found her remains, 
this was a cold case for many years, for four years, in Mm -hmm. fact. And in 1989, the fingerprint was finally attached to that of a man named Billy Ray Ballard. Ballard was already at this point serving time uh, in Wyoming for the abduction and sexual assault of women, multiple women. Ugh. Yeah. He was extradited to Washington um, because obviously it was a match where he faced a trial for the murder of the couple. And he eventually just pleaded guilty, like without a lot of coercion. He just pleaded guilty and was sentenced to, I believe, 25 years in Washington prison. At least 25 Mm -hmm. minimum. Mm -hmm. I don't know what he's faced since then. So for this couple, we know who's responsible for the death. Um, So it's not... What's interesting about it, though, is it might not necessarily be important with regards to this tube sock killings, but it can't be ruled out. Oh, So we have a a for sure um, murderer in this case. Um, But what is important is the timing and the location. Many of these murders happened in a very small rural part of Washington. Have you ever been to Mineral, Washington? I don't know. I have been there only on trips down to the um, coast to Mm -hmm. go surfing. Mm -hmm. And it is, I mean, like, no no hate to people who live in Mineral, Washington. But it is, there's not much going on at all. It's a very small town. And yet, in this very short period of time, some of the most gruesome murders and most um, well-known murders of the time that would happen in Washington State happened in a very short period of time in this exact same spot in Washington. Hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Which brings us spooky. very spooky to the next set of murders. <clears throat> so, again, it's 1985. This time, it is August 10th. So remember, if we go back to my notes in the beginning, this all happened. Uh, let's see. This all happened on March 9th of 1985. So we are only two months later. It is August 10th of 1985. And Steve Harkin, who was 27, Mm -hmm. and his longtime girlfriend, Ruth Cooper, who was 42. Oh, that's a no. Yes. They left their Tacoma home. Interesting. So age difference. Just keep, keep a, keep a, keep mind. Okay. Age difference. Yeah, 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 yeah. So Steve Harkin, 27, and his 42-year-old girlfriend, Ruth Cooper, they left their home in Tacoma, Washington, where we've talked about before, mm-hmm. to go on a very relaxing camping trip um, to the woods near Mineral, Washington. This is two months later. This is two months later. Remember, though, that at this point, one of the bodies hadn't even been found in the first case. Ruth's. Uh, Kimberly's. Kimberly's. Kimberly's body. I'm Ruth thinking, is in this. Yeah, you're yeah. fine. So they were on their way to a place called Tool Lake, which is technically still Pierce County, but it's very close to Lewis. So it's at the Mm -hmm. very southern edge of Pierce, northern end of Lewis County. And it's very close to Mineral, Washington. Now, I only mention their ages because in this case, there are multiple murders that involve couples with... um, larger than usual age discrepancies really yes it might mean nothing it might mean something it's just like we don't bizarre know. it's just bizarre like how would that i don't know it's just it could be a total coincidence, coincidence yeah but it's just an interesting fact fact yeah yeah got it so 
Because that's the first thing I thought of. Like, as soon as you said, I'm like, oh, that like, age, oh, that's a big age range. Especially to have, like, the woman be older. Yeah. Which I even put in my notes here. I said, go, Ruth. Get that young dick, girl. I'm here for it. <laughs> like, good for her. Like, that's great. Um, But, yeah, you should just keep that age discrepancy in mind. Oh, that's... Because... Okay maybe it's just something maybe that there's is something the same modus operandus yeah. between multiple murders in this case. So the couple had plans to be home by the next Sunday night. So they were just going to be gone for a night. Uh, but when neither of them turned up to the vocational college that they both worked in, in Tacoma, so they were both like professors at a community college, essentially, mm-hmm. um, their coworkers and families got really worried and they ended up filing missing persons reports. How long... Did you know how long until they fi- were able to It file? was only a day. At, so Sunday is when they didn't show back up. Monday is when they didn't show up for work. And then on Tuesday, they filed missing persons reports. Okay, so they were like 24 hours, 48 hours. It was hours. very quick. It was quick. Oh, but that's 40. That's still, it's it 48, is still 48 hours. 48 yes. hours. Okay. Um, it's quicker than like the other ones in this case. But sure. yes, it yeah, is. Yeah. It is still 48, which we know that the first 48 is very important. Very crucial. So the reports were filed and the searches began very quickly. Um. But it would be four days later, on August 24th, 1985, that the couple that uh, a couple of hikers walked past uh, and noticed the body of Stephen. You know what? When I'm hiking, and I think about this all the time, I'm just mm-hmm. so I look. I'm it's scary. Checking my surroundings all the time. Like, what? I am so <sighs> nervous for the day that I will find something, mm-hmm. or that I'll be the. Well, you know what? When, even when I take Carl on my walks, we walk through a cemetery yeah and there is this garbage bag in the bushes and i have never i know it's not that i know it's not but every time i walk past i'm like it's got to be a fucking body like i it, so, it couldn't be anything else i'm so scared it's in yeah. a, it's already in a cemetery anyways no i'm with you 100 percent. moving on well anyway this is where the couple or this is where a couple of hikers found steven's body now steven was still in his sleeping bag and he had a single shot to the back of his head which proved to be the cause of death yeah now, all of this is just awful, but the part that makes me the saddest is that Steven's dog was found just feet away from him. No! And he had also died from a single That's shot to the back so of the head. so awful. No. Like, who would hurt an animal? I mean, I mean Carl's annoying as shit, but I, you would never hurt an animal. Oh, no. hi, Carl. Oh, look, he just gave you a kiss he while you me. called him annoying no, as shit, did. you like, mean there's lady. So, but dogs, animals are so sweet, like. Also, like, that dog was probably just defending him from this off, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, uh, oh, it makes me I so... I don't even want to picture that moment. Nothing makes me as sad. And I just picture it being, like, a little lassie When animals style. are hurt, I like, know. that's just, like... I know. And that's, like... Maybe we're serial killers because I care way more <laughs> when the animals get hurt. It makes me... And I don't care more. I shouldn't say that. But it yeah. makes me, like, a different kind of sad. No, I think it makes everyone really sad because they're just so innocent and they don't, like, have, like, these... They've, they're not like they've never done anything wrong. yeah they've never done anything wrong like they're just living Animals. they're pure loving like, creatures id, beautiful little i know yeah. it's yeah. so sad so yeah when animals die Ugh. it like so, kills me both steven and his dog were shot in the back of the head and that's how uh, i know it makes me i mean the so human met de- death is hard to listen to but the dog death is even why harder dog death makes me so much sadder i mean like it's, can you imagine carl it's no, like i don't want to fucking <laughs> talk about it no <laughs> Okay, go on. Oh, poor babes. Now, just like our first case, um, they were unable to find the remains of Ruth for a number of months. Just like the same with Kimberly, where it took a while after the murders for anything to, you know, come about. But months later, in October, so two months later, 
1985, Ruth's remains were found. She had been, she been separated at the skull. Sh- what mm-hmm. do you mean by that? I meant she has a dismembered skull. Oh, my God. And then skeletal remains. The skeleton was intact. And um, her purse was found near her. But what was more important about this is that around her neck, they found a tied tube sock. Which they initially thought must be the cause of death, right? Like strangulation. But after extensive autopsy, it was found that she had also been killed by a gunshot wound. But this time to her uh, abdomen. Yeah, so in this case... Pretty intense. Pretty intense. And she was found actually not that far from Stephen. Um, but they just, for whatever reason, hadn't found her. They, it, Yeah. Now, one thing that is important is to note is that it had been months since the murder, potentially. And so the, the head that has been, you know, severed from the body could be because of animals at this mm-hmm. point. So, And they said that they weren't able so to... So many, like like external reasons there's a lot of external factors that could be a part of this so i'm not reading Weather, too much into animals, the fact that her yeah. head has been removed because it's been months it's completely it's in the, feasible. Forest. It's in the yeah. forest it's completely feasible that animals have gotten to her body mm-hmm. um but after this there was like no physical evidence taken from this scene at all they couldn't find anything That's and crazy. so the case went cold, cold but not for long oh because dun 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 Two months later, early in the morning of December 12th, 1985, 36-year-old Mike Reimer and his 21-year-old girlfriend, Diana yeah. Robertson. What? Aged gap. Uh, aged gap. gap. Wait, is it what year? This is 1989. This is 1985 still. 1985 still. Yeah. This is all happening in 1985. It's all happening in the summer, win- fall, and winter of 1985. Okay. So it's just an interesting thing to think about. But... um. Uh, he was, Mike, he was uh, 37, 36, and his girlfriend was 21 years old, Diana Robertson. And along with them came their two-year-old daughter, Crystal Robertson. Shut up. And all three of them packed up their pickup truck, and they left their home in, you guessed it. Tacoma? Tacoma, Washington, yeah. And they made the hour-long drive from Tacoma. To Mineral. Down to the Nisqually River. Which is just a couple miles north of Mineral, of Mineral Washington. Okay. Yeah. Um, they were going there because it was like close to Christmas time. It was November or December twelfth, mm-hmm. and they were gonna go chop down their own Christmas tree. Oh I know. my goodness. Mike was also worse worse. a professional trapper and he had previously set a bunch of traps down in that area of the Nisqually River. And so he wanted to go check them as well. So that was part trapper of the trapper for like animals. Yeah, he yeah. was a roofer. And he also, like, trapped professionally, which is kind of interesting. So I think he must have done either, like, furs or yeah. tax. I don't know, taxidermy. I'm not sure. I didn't, I didn't figure out exactly what the trapping led to, but he did. He did trapping professionally as well. So it's reported that they got to their destination early in the morning. Again, it's only an hour-long drive from Tacoma. Um, and then that's the last that we hear from Mike Reimer and Diana Robertson. Wow. But. It's not the last that we hear from Crystal Robertson, their daughter. Oh, thank God. In the late afternoon of that same day, in the town of Spanaway, Washington, which is 30 minutes um, sort of like southeast, I guess, of Mineral. It was 30 minutes, 30 miles from their final destination in Nisqually. Mm-hmm. 
baby Crystal Robertson was found wandering with. How old is she? She's two years old. She was found wandering aimlessly through a Kmart parking lot in Spanaway, Washington. So they picked her up and dropped her off. Well, she was completely by herself. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Whoever abducted her or who killed them. Yeah. Whoever it was had to have moved her. There's no way that in that many hours she, she could would, have moved 30 no, miles. Yeah. No, she was picked up and she was dropped somewhere. And she was dropped somewhere where she would be found by people. Yeah. So she was dropped in this Kmart parking lot completely by herself. And she was first noticed by both um, patrons and people who worked at the store who just noticed her walking around alone through the parking lot for like 15 Poor minutes. Maybe wondering where mom and dad oh, is. Yeah. She was noticed um, and they, you know, they picked her up and they went to the front of the store and they were like, you know, there's this kid, blah, blah, blah. Like they do at grocery yeah. stores when there's a kid they can't find. Yeah. And they did a while doing that, trying to track down some parents or guardians. But when they were ultimately unable to, they had to call the police. And police did the same tactics where they looked for the little girls, um, parents or guardians in the Kmart and the surrounding areas. They did a mm-hmm. search. And once again, they were unable to find anyone who could take responsibility for her. So at some point, they turned her over to social services, mm-hmm. and she was put into temporary foster, foster care. care. Yeah. So for weeks after this, her picture was circulated through you know, um, on, or news and newspaper sources. And eventually, two weeks after she was found in the parking lot, her grandmother recognized a picture of her <gasps> that she found in the news. And so she went to claim her, and she took guardianship over her. Oh, good. I know. And I believe from what I read, but it was not confirmed that it's her maternal grandmother, so it's her mom's mom. Yeah. Um, and her mom was younger, so hopefully her grandma's younger and younger you know, can like more really take care stable. of her and love her. Yeah. yeah. Which is this is just the saddest. Seriously. You know, she's it's this was in eighty five. She's still alive and like trying to live her life. And yeah. What a what a nightmare. So, but it's good she got she got picked up by her grandmother. And she got taken into her grandma's home and raised by her grandma. Now, this part is really creepy and really scary. But the authorities talk to her. She's two. She's not, you know, she has memories. Oh, my gosh. And she has, like, she can remember some experiences. Yeah. And they asked her what happened to her parents. And all that she had to respond was... Mommy is in the trees. Oh, my Lord. I know. Oh, goodness. I know. It's very, very scary. Mommy very is spooky. in the trees. Yeah, it's not. It's the most chilling thing. Oh, like, I'm like getting. Uh, and it's teary- so heartbreaking, too, because yeah. clearly she saw something. She or saw shit went down. Or, yeah. So all she had to respond to them was that mommy is in the trees. Oh, boy, that's hard. I know. And this ended up leading to, like, aerial searches because they literally thought, like, well, maybe she's literally in the trees. You know what I mean? So it led to, like, all of these – it just led to a a huge search. But it's hard to go off the words of a two-year-old child. Yeah. You know? They could really mean anything. Mm -hmm. It's just – God, this is so sad. So now – okay. All we know is something awful has happened to them. Their daughter has shown up, you know, miles Randomly, away yeah. in, in, a, in a town that has nothing to do with where they were with the words, mommies in the trees. Um, and nobody's been found at this point. Um, but missing person reports have gone out and searches have begun. So it's important to note that um, no matter what happened to her parents, uh, Crystal was clearly taken away from the site of any yeah. wrongdoing, you know. Um, and she was carefully placed in a public place where she would be found. 
which to me indicates that somebody cared about her. They didn't. They either cared about her or they didn't, didn't feel like they didn't want to hurt a child. Yeah, or they didn't want to feel responsible for or something. Yeah. Um. But it, it's they had. Some it feels important to me. Feelings. To, yeah. Definitely yeah. towards hurting mm-hmm. a child. Yeah. So again. Just like our second case of the couple who got killed, it begins to go cold. And it would be two months later, in February of 1986, that the abandoned pickup truck that they took out to Nisqually was found along Highway 7 in Mineral, Washington. Now, Highway 7 runs from Tacoma, which is south of Seattle, down until it hits a place called Morton, Washington, which is um, closer to the Oregon border, so it's south. And it's below Mineral, Washington. So the highway really really pretty much goes straight from Tacoma down to Morton. And Mineral is right in the middle. Um, highway 7 also runs across the, it runs across the Nisqually River um, a number of times. So there had to be some kind of movement away from their initial destination point for the car to end up there. Although it's not super far. And it's not out of the question that they could have somehow done that on their own. Going to yeah. get supplies, something. I don't know. You know? So they found Diana's body not far from their pickup truck. And it was just in a little forested area off the highway where the truck was found. Mm-hmm. She had received seven stab wounds, oh, gosh. which would eventually be found to be the cause of death. But she also had a tube sock tied neatly around her neck, just like Ruth, even though it had nothing to do with her cause of death. The Lewis County Sheriff's Department was quickly called in along with their um, canine unit, their bloodhounds, which I just love a story with bloodhounds in it and dogs that are sniffers, in order to look for the remains of Mike because they had already found Diana. Um, If there was anything to be found of Mike, they didn't really know at this point. But it almost seemed like Mike had disappeared without a trace because they could find absolutely no sign, dead or alive, of Mike in the area. What they did find was blood stains all over the interior of the truck, not far from where Diana had been found. They also found a handwritten note in a manila envelope that what? simply read, I love you, Diana. Ooh. I know. So Diana's mother was given the note, and she was absolutely positive that it was Mike's handwriting. Um, I want to point out, though, that I don't think it's that weird for a couple to be on a trip and to have a note that says, I love you, Diana, from, no. like, like, I don't think that I- I've gotten, I mean, like, you know, like, that's not, that's not that crazy. Yeah, that's just a love, a love No, love that's, like, a cute little thing. Maybe, yeah. he, maybe he got her flowers and just wrote, I love you, Diana, on the note. Like, I don't think that's that crazy. So the mother was, uh, Diana's mom was absolutely sure that it was His Mike's handwriting. handwriting. But a handwriting expert was brought in to examine it, and he was not able to make a positive match either way. Uh, negative or positive but because of the note and because of the extenuating circumstances they believed that mike was the prime suspect in diana's murder and they couldn't find any trace of him. really well part of it is because mike and diana had had a tumultuous relationship in the past there had been several reports with the tube sock oof well keep just wait just wait okay we're not done yet so there had been, like I said, a tumultuous relationship in the past, and there had been multiple um, complaints and sightings of domestic abuse in their home. Yeah. Uh, specifically, Diana being abused by Mike. And just a couple months before, um, there had even been a police officer had come and arrested Mike for domestic abuse, but the charges had been dropped. And it seemed, with friends and family, 
that they had reconciled and that things were going really well at this point. Smoother. Which doesn't necessarily mean anything, you know, like if you're a piece of shit, you're a piece of shit. Um, but it looks, I mean, the, it, it didn't seem bad at this time. Yeah. They were in a very good period in their relationship, but with all of that evidence together, he looked pretty good for the murder to the, the police department. So, Again, Mike but was... we still haven't found his body. No, well, Mike was never heard from again. I mean, did, never. Did they ever find his body? And the case went... Just wait. <laughs> okay. I'm going to tell you. And the case went cold for a very, very long time. How long are we talking? Guess. Guess when the case got reopened. Okay. What year is this again? 1986. Let's say 1976. That's 10 years earlier, Jordan. 1996 you said 1976 (laughs) 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 (laughs)
um, that perhaps this murder was a suicide or a murder suicide situation. Sure. And like I, if if you yeah. like, what if like happened like that he wanted she right. wanted to leave him like he, and, and he just didn't know how to do it whatever yeah. so he decided to do like the worst thing ever. They were never able to get an absolute cause of death for Mike, but they could rule out a gunshot wound to the head, which would be like a like, pretty typical suicide. Like way, yeah. yeah, way to kill himself. So that's a little bit suspect. The fact that they could never. They, they they could rule out that it was a gunshot wound to the head. He yeah. did not shoot himself in the head. There was no shot in the head. Um, But it's also believed that it's unlikely for him to be able to murder Diana, drive his daughter 30 miles away, return, and, then go and back without and ever being himself. spotted. Yeah, yeah without because there was no spottings of their vehicle. Yeah, and span away. In span away. No, therefore, law enforcement believe that this theory, whole, uh, that it held little weight. Yeah. It's an interesting one for sure. The most widely accepted theory at this point is that there was, or perhaps still is, an unidentified, an unidentified, ser- whoa, <laughs> Carl, way to cut the tension. Carl just jumped up on my counter and farted really loud. Carl, Carl. back into it, buddy. You really took me out of that. Okay, the most, the most widely accepted theory at this point is that there was. Or perhaps still is. Is a copycat. No, an unidentified oh. serial killer in Pierce and Lewis counties. This holds some weight because the murders happened in such proximity in a close time frame. And the motive of operandi, so like the way it was done, is extremely similar. The male and the female victims get separated. The female is found with a tube sock wrapped around her neck. And they're both murdered brutally in the same manner. <sighs> Now, authorities don't know if the age difference actually has anything to do with it. it. I can't see. I think it's just coincidence. I think so, too, personally. Like, it's it's interesting, but it's totally just coincidence. I I think I agree. Who's going to, like, did they have any connection to each other? Like, who's going to, how would the murderer know? No connection between the two couples other than that they were in the same area around the same time. time, That's it. There was, there's no connection that they can come up with otherwise. Yeah. So, um, other than, I mean, they lived in Tacoma. They both lived in Tacoma, yeah. but um, Tacoma's a big city. Like, it's not that weird it's to not that, yeah. have no connection to another person another who's person murdered from yeah. that city. Um, yeah. So what's interesting is that not only did it happen, you know, in the same period in 1985, um, but there's still this possibility that whoever committed these murders it's still is out still there. alive in yeah. southern Washington. Because this was the 80s, which oh, was a while ago. Oh, my Lord. But it's not that long ago. Yeah. But it doesn't seem like there's any... You know, there's been any related cases since then. It doesn't mean there aren't, but there have been none that follow that same modus of operandi. Yeah. Have you looked to see if there's any murders in the area at that time? um, I mean, not at the time, but recently or like within the last... There have been murders within there, but they don't fall... I mean, there's no tube socks. There's no... But that doesn't mean it's not Not connected, yeah. Because there's another theory... That it was one murder that was done and then a copycat. Copycat, yeah. Yeah, who just saw that this was done, that there was a tube sock and thought, well, I can get away with this by using this, like, calling card, you know, that just happened to be on this one person to sort of, like, um, separate myself from the murders murders. and put them onto this guy, this different track. Yeah. Yeah. So who freaking knows? But this case became extremely, extremely well-known in Washington during this time. Um, because first of all, you know, a serial, a potential serial killer just yeah. stirs up a lot of, a lot uh, of emotions, a lot of emotions of people. But also in 1989, the OG unsolved mysteries came to Washington and they did a whole um, oh. episode on the tube sock killing. Did you watch the episode? 
I did watch the episode. Yeah, it's it's very it's very um unsolved mysteries. <laughs> like I don't know how to put it. It's I just love very it. I'm kitschy. gonna go look it up. Yeah, you should. It's it's pretty fun. Um, but this was before Mike Reiner had even been found. So he was at this point because remember he didn't get found until 2011. Yeah, so then so he was like the like main the main sus. Yeah, point. yeah. So I want to know, Jordan, what you think happened, and I want, and then I'll tell you what I think happened. What do you think happened? I think it was a serial killer and then copycat. Well, not a serial killer, but copycat. But I just think it was a one murder and then a copycatter. I agree. I think so too. Like, because I think that, I think that there's enough distance of time between the f- the. Um, obviously, we know Billy Ray did the first two. Mm-hmm. There's enough time between the second couple that was murdered and the third couple that was murdered that somebody could have heard about it in the news and, and then use that as use an that excuse. as an excuse exactly yeah. so i don't have any like strong feelings about what happened because like my god there's a million there's a mil- million different have. possibilities um but it just seems the most logical I mean, to me it, it could be that mike you know ended up killing her and then tied the tube sock around her neck to make it look like you know yeah he was but then who like would he go drive i don't know and not get seen at all because they had a bright red pickup truck like it, i just think it would have been seen but at also some point. it's 80s like how well is there like is there a tracking or well, there's not surveillance surveillance the we have. Yeah. like there's not you know CCTV. so like it, it's probably not possible now but it could be possible but then it, it could have been so like i just have no and it could have been just like him clue saying i it's you it's you and me and no one else and i'm going to take your life for it you know yeah i guess they had had a lot but of like why, stuff going why on would in the he past. i don't i mean well and but the other thing is that like whoever brought would crystal to that do- their daughter like he would care about her yeah. which i think he would like maybe would as the dad her, yeah. he would be like i don't want you to die well, like, that's not the family annihilator. Have you heard of that term? Like, a family annihilator Yeah, who MO? takes out the entire family. He takes out the fi- entire family, because yeah. Because they believe that it, without the mom and the dad, the kids can't survive. Exactly. And so they take out the so entire family. Not, so it's not it's that. It's not that. Yeah, anyway, this case, I was reading about it, and I was just like, this is the most mind-baffling. That's, yeah. I know. I loved, I mean, I don't love it. It's really sad. But it was, like, an it's extremely interesting, to think about, entering, yeah. interesting case. And it's interesting to think that there could be a serial it's killer still that's still out there. unsolved. Yeah. Yeah. To this day. What are we going to do as our like theme next week? We've talked about a couple different I things. I think we should do like a park like episode. Like, you want to do a park episode? A park episode. We have in uh, the Northwest, we have a lot of national parks. Yes. Where some, actually, I know of one really fucked up one that's happened in, in, in um, the Olympics. That's my favorite place to hike. It's my favorite place to hike too. And then I heard this story, which I think might actually be in Park Predators. I'm not sure. I, I, I haven't okay, heard of on one Park Predators, Park, Park Predators but, yet. Um, where did I read about it? It was in one of my favorite podcasts. They talked about this one and it is. No, it's not. It's in one of my favorite books. Okay. Oh, yes. Then you can do it. I'm going to do it. It's in one of my favorite books. That's all about Washington murders. Okay. Um, yes, I have a plan for next week. It's very sad. Anyway. Anyway. We just got really sad. That was but, really sad. That was but a it's big important. Yeah, it's important. It's in, does I sound like Moira Rose? It's important. Oh, I love Moira. Me too. Have you watched the new season? I watched the first half of like this the new sixth season. season. Yeah. I haven't watched it yet, but it's coming out on it's guys. It's coming out on Netflix I on October seventh, um, so I'm waiting. I know. I have a, I have a poster in my house that's framed. And it says "Eat, Eat glass. glass." I re- I just watched that episode the yeah. other day, and, and it's just my you. favorite. And he go, David Eat Rose, glass. Eat glass. Um, lick rest. <laughs> <laughs> A little bit of Lexus. I think that's my little bit of Lexus. I'm single. Even when, Even when I'm, I'm not. not. Yep. I'm a little bit 
I'm a little bit. I'm a little bit. <laughs> ah, la, 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 la. Alexis. <laughs> I wish she could do our <laughs> intros. I love her. What's her name? Real name's like Annie Morris. Annie Murphy. Annie Murphy. Yeah, right. Annie Murphy. Annie Murphy, at us, at please. us, please. We love you. I know. Jordan really, really, really identifies with your character. I really do. I'm not lying. Like I, I identify with Roland shit. Yes, you do. It's gonna be any of those characters. And I am Annie Murphy or Alexis yeah. Rose. Yeah. Yes. Aww. Okay. All well, right, you guys. Um, see you in two weeks. Go ahead yeah. and follow us on Instagram at one week. One week. One week. Right. One week. Yeah. Right? I don't know what I'm thinking. I don't know. It's okay. Yeah. La 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 la. Follow us on Death in the NW Podcast. Email us at Death in the NW Podcast at gmail dot com. Like us on Facebook at Death in the Northwest Podcast. And follow us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and Google Breaker Podcasts and Breaker and Anchor and Stitcher. <laughs> yeah. Woo woo. Bye. A little bit of Alexis. Uh, uh, uh. A little bit of Alexis. I think I love that show. Me too. I love it so much. Okay. Bye. Bye.